The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely those of the program's contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the University of Alabama. Thank you so much for listening to Bless Our Hearts, Alabama Quilt Backstories. I'm Kevin. And I'm Lizzie. Bless Our Hearts is a podcast about the stories of queer people living in Alabama. In this episode, we're talking with Wyatt, and he's here to talk to us about why coming out makes a difference in the world. We're sitting here with Wyatt. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thank you, Wyatt. Yeah, glad to be here. So uh, just to start off, it would be really great if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So uh, hey, everybody. Uh, My name is Wyatt Reed. My pronouns are he and him, and I am bisexual. And so that's pretty much all you need to know about me, I guess, uh, (laughs) right now. Okay, cool. Um, So what did you come to talk about today? Um, So... For one, uh, just coming out over podcast. So that's one of the, a strange thing for me because I haven't come out to a lot of my friends. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of weird for me to not come out to my friends, but come out over podcast to a bunch of strangers. (laughs) And so I was thinking about that before coming here today and just thinking, well, what's the motivation behind it? And uh, why do I want to come out over podcast as opposed to why is it so much more difficult for me to come out to my friends. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wanted to uh, talk about is just coming out in general, why it's important, and why ideally it's also not that important. Okay. So this is serving as you coming out. Yes. Um, Wow. So I've come out to my family and people that are most important to me, and fortunately they've all been very accepting, and so that's awesome. I'm very happy for that. But as far as like... Coming out publicly, yeah, this is the most public I've ever come out. Um, I've come out to friends a couple of times, and again, all of them have been super accepting, and that's been great. Uh, But in some ways, this is me coming out to the public in a different way because I feel like this is me more proactively coming out Mm -hmm. as opposed to feeling this urge to be accepted by the people that I love and that I appreciate. And instead, this is me coming out for the sake of other people that are going through a similar situation that I went through when I was first coming to accept myself. Awesome. Yeah, I think, you know, shy of skywriting it over your hometown, this is about the most public <laughs> way you can come out. So. Yeah, I mean, depending on, uh, hopefully this goes out to a lot of listeners, and so, like, yeah. you know, that voice can be heard and so forth. But, cool. yeah, I mean, I'm giving my full name and uh, <laughs> being <laughs> ultra public about it. So, I mean, yeah. I don't, it's not going to come back to haunt me. Like, if, if people are going to judge me for being bisexual, let them have it. Um, but cool. I think, ultimately, it's more important that the people that this reaches the people that are questioning more so than anything that like people judging me. Um, So I think, yeah, that's that motivation to reach out to those people that need to hear this far outweighs my own fear of judgment from strangers, I guess. Awesome. Well, we're glad you're here. It's a really admirable and and necessary thing that you're doing. so. So tell us a little bit about what's leading up to today. Yeah, so um, what's really leading to me coming out over podcasts, the motivation behind all this was uh, my desire to like increase the representation in the bi community and the queer community and also putting more effort to normalize such communities um, because obviously in our society, especially in the South, it's not it does not appear very normal to be bisexual or queer and, you know, that in itself can be very isolating for a lot Mm -hmm. of people. So for a lot of people, there isn't this sense of community 
of this bisexual, this queer community. And so that's what I wanted to talk about, why uh, I wanted to reach out to all those people. Yeah, so ultimately, joining this podcast to increase the normalization of bisexuality, of queer cultures, letting people know that it's perfectly acceptable to be comfortable with your own identity. And I think that just by joining a podcast and being able to talk about it to whoever it reaches, letting them know that, you know, it's perfectly fine to be who you are. So, you know, up until now, you said that you had come out to some close friends and family, but not people in general that you're around. Do you have a lot of connections in the queer community? Do you have people to talk to? I have been developing that. So I joined uh, UA Spectrum. I've been uh, going to as much of that, uh, all these events as I can, trying to get more active into uh, the queer community. So uh, I've had relationships that have been queer-oriented, uh, and, you know, that those have been some of my healthiest relationships. So a lot of my motivation is to continue to expand on that right now. Cool. One thing I wanted to talk about was, um, so, like, the coming out stories. Um, one good example of that lately was Ryan Russell, uh, the NFL uh, defensive end. Yeah. Um, so he came out as bisexual uh, recently, and so a lot of straight people, when they saw him come out, they're like, Okay, big deal. Why do you need to? Why do you need to say that? <laughs> um, and so, in some ways, I think that's the best response you can get from the straight community. Is okay. Why does that change my view of you? Um, because ideally, it shouldn't. Right. And I don't mean to minimize the straight response of allies and people that accept queer bisexual people because that's exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that's what kind of it doesn't provide a lot of incentive to come out mm-hmm. because. The best you can hope for is people accepting you and their view of you not changing. Mm -hmm. So that's been my the reason that I haven't come out to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, But when Ryan Russell came out, that was big for me, and I I have a feeling that was big for a lot of people. Yeah. And so the reason he came out wasn't because of reaching out to straight people or letting them know. It was more so to reach out to people like me and people, the bisexual community, the queer community, and knowing that there's an NFL player that's not straight is just <laughs> something that's crazy. And so there's, he's, he's fostering that sense of community. And so like, when I think of the bi community, my, my icons are like Freddie Mercury or uh, Billy Joe Armstrong, Green Day. And so like, there aren't that many people that are publicly out as bisexual. And so whenever I see somebody that's bisexual, like, I'm all of a sudden like, wow, here's this successful person that's making it look normal and healthy to be, to accept who they are. And so like, I cling to the scraps that are the bi community as it is. So I think it's important for people that feel comfortable with their sexuality to, you know, kind of broadcast that to help normalize it, to make Mm -hmm. it appear more comfortable because it's not normalized now. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a really frustrating thing as an, another member of like the bisexual community because bisexual identities are the most common within the LGBTQ mm-hmm. spectrum. There are more of us. There are physically more of us than there are of other identities. And yet we're one of the most hidden. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why is that? By erasure, by invisibility, yeah. because um, there's... It's such an amorphous range of bisexuality. There's all mm-hmm. different types of bisexuals. There are predominantly hetero-leaning, predominantly homosexual-leaning. And so for me, like, romantically, I'm much more attracted to women. So I gravitate towards relationships with women. And so when you see a guy with a woman, I mean, it's people make assumptions. And I'm not faulting them for that because, like, yeah. it's a very safe assumption 99% of the time that you're going to be – you're in a straight relationship. Mm-hmm. 
But because of that, it's less visible. Yeah. Because I'm going to be dating women more often than I'm going to be dating men, people are just going to assume I'm straight. And I think that happens with a lot of people. For sure. And there's also, like you said, you know, when you find those examples of bisexual folks who have like come out and are visibly themselves, we're kind of holding on to scraps. And it's literally because so few people openly identify as bisexual, even if it's more mm-hmm. a more accurate description of their perspective, but also because we just don't see much of that in the media. Mm-hmm. It's really common for characters on shows who are demonstrated by their actions to probably be bisexual. The minute they start yeah. dating somebody of the same gender, it's like, oh, Oh, they're gay. Mm-hmm. Or the minute they start dating somebody of a different gender, it's like, oh, turns out they're straight. And that was just a phase. And it reiterates mm-hmm. all of these. Queer um, baiting is a real thing yeah, on, on yeah, uh, TV. Yeah, it, it's a problem. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in some ways, just the way society is like, uh, we've gotten a lot more accepting of um, the gay community. And that's mm-hmm. great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but the bisexual community, for whatever reason, continues to lag behind a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. People just tend to assume you're straight, and then they tend to assume you're gay. And then I think that's even a bigger problem amongst bisexual males is that you're either straight or if there's any sign that you're attracted to men, you're automatically gay. So there's a sense of erasure that, like, you can't have it both ways. Right. And there's a lot of, oh, that's a phase you went through in college. Yeah. (laughs) You know, high school or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, this constant proof to prove your bisexuality is, is a thing that it's not a phase, but that it's just a part of who you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So do you have any reservations about coming out? Have you, have you in your mind, developed any worst-case scenarios or best-case scenarios about what happens now? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I ever plan on coming out on Facebook just because the demographics on Facebook are a lot of older people, and it's not important for me to advertise myself as bisexual to the straight community. Because as Mm -hmm. I've mentioned, like, there's a high risk in low reward. The reward is that you get accepted. Uh, The risk is that people are going to change their views of you for whatever stupid reason. Mm -hmm. So I kind of struggle with that idea of coming out to the straight community just because it's not important to me. But what is important is reaching out to anybody that's on the fence or is insecure about their sexuality because those are the people that really need to hear this. And so if I were to know on Facebook that there are a lot of people like that, then I'd be more incentivized to do that. Yeah. So one of the funny things is that it took me, myself, a podcast, listening to a podcast, and it was an Australian couple, uh, <laughs> uh, to really come out and accept myself uh, because I was, like, desperate for a community and realizing mm-hmm. that I wasn't alone. And so the first thing I did was I started, like, looking at podcasts and things that would, you know, help me kind of make sense of who I was. And so once I found this podcast, I found these people that were, you know, perfectly healthy relationship. And all of a sudden, I saw these people that were like me. And then all of a sudden, I started, you know, being able to accept myself a lot more. Is there anything else that you wanted to to make sure that you said today? Yeah, yeah, actually, there is. Um, So I think, for one, broadening it out to the queer community and reaching out to them and the people that are insecure is important. But normalizing non-heterosexual straight relationships is also good for everybody. It's not just yeah. good for the bisexual, the queer community and so forth. It's good for the straight community as well. So um, our society places such a 
burden on people to appear straight and people uh, often go into hiding and so forth and are insecure about that. Mm -hmm. And so like I can guarantee that the uh, bisexual queer communities are much larger than people tend to assume they are. Mm -hmm. And like, for instance, I've used Grindr before. So (laughs) I know there are a lot of closeted people that are hiding and, you know, this is actually can be pretty toxic because like if people don't feel comfortable coming out, then they could be in straight relationships and then not feel comfortable confiding in their partner. And like, I have a lot of sympathy for people that aren't comfortable and unconfident in coming out, but my sympathy ends once you start looking to cheat and things like that. Yeah. So I'm not absolving those people that cheat because the society like puts pressure on them to appear straight Mm -hmm. because ultimately they need to be, take responsibility and, you know, talk with their partner and let them know But at the same time, I think we need to do a better job of making sure those people are able to come out in the first place. Mm -hmm. So when I found this podcast that I was mentioning and once I finally developed the like, it wasn't even courage. It was just the acceptance of myself. I was actually in a straight relationship at the time. And so that was part of the struggle for me. And I did end up eventually coming out to my partner uh, because, I mean, obviously it was I had to tell her. Um, And it's pretty fortunate that she was accepting. She was accepting to a point, but the challenge for us was monogamy. Um, Mm -hmm. So I had never been in a gay relationship at that point. So I couldn't really be continue. I didn't want to be in a straight relationship at that point if I for the rest of my life. Right. And that's not to say that the bisexual community doesn't have people that are uh, that are capable of being in monogamous relationships, because that's definitely the case. There are some bisexual people, and probably the majority maybe, that are comfortable in monogamous relationships. But at that time, when I was with my uh, straight girlfriend, I ended up having to break up with her just because I finally came to accept myself. Mm-hmm. And so... There's a bit of guilt on my part because, like, she didn't sign up for that. She didn't know that I was bisexual. I didn't even know I was bisexual. Mm-hmm. So ending a relationship on those terms is not the best way to end a relationship. But I think that just goes to show that the weight that we put on people to be straight or the lack of normalization so that people don't accept themselves can ultimately harm other people, too. It's not just harming the people that are going through this alone and having to accept themselves. Mm-hmm. but it can lead to false pretenses in relationships. Yeah. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. You mentioned Grinder. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I've never used Grinder. What are you talking about? This could be uh, <laughs> politically disastrous. <laughs> I, I got the feeling that you came across some people who were like you described, who were maybe in relationships and closeted mm-hmm. and just looking for an outlet for that because they haven't come out yet. Did you, did you come across people like that? Definitely. It's... That just goes to show that the community is much larger than uh, people tend to assume it is. And I don't mean to be fear-mongering, but I do want to make the point that, like, we as a society should do a better job of making these people feel comfortable in the first place so that they don't have to resort to grinder and they don't have to resort to these discrete uh, relationships and so mm-hmm. forth. People that are using grinder that have partners and aren't coming out to them, I mean... You, you really have to. It's They're not absolved from the fact that society pressures them to look a certain way. They need to come out to their partners. Um, and that's something that's very important. There is a common um, stereotype that people who are bisexual are hypersexual. And I think a lot of that actually, like some of that is just people, you know, um, being terrible about human sexuality and stuff like that. But some of it, I think, comes from this place of 
the idea that your partner might be secretly looking for something that they can't fulfill within a monogamous relationship. And I think a lot of a lot of that stems from this idea that a lot of bisexual people are just afraid to be open and honest about who they are. Mm-hmm. Not because they are promiscuous and want to sneak around, but because they're literally just afraid that people won't accept them if they if they talk about it. Exactly. It's kind of a catch-22. Yeah. In that, like, there's a lot of pressure on them to appear a certain way because they don't want to face the stigma that is bisexuality, like the, the pr- promiscuity and so yeah. forth. But <laughs> that in turn leads to them staying secret and then <laughs> leads to promiscuity. So yeah. that's the thing that we need to end. And I'm not saying like like promiscuousness is like that's fine for some people. Yeah. It's, I think people can have a diverse uh, set of views and like monogamy is fine. Non-monogamy is fine, but mm-hmm. I think the main critical thing is that there's communication and that there's yeah. consent between parties. Mm-hmm. And so these people that are bi or gay-leaning that are in straight relationships, like, if your partner doesn't know, then you're you're violating consent you're ch- and cheating is violation of consent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the main line that needs to be drawn is that that is not okay. Yeah. So promiscuity, if your partner accepts to it, yeah, that's fine. You need to communicate that, though. You mm-hmm. need to establish that line of communication that with your partner, there's consent and that both of you are even into that and so forth. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad to be here because I went through this too. It took a podcast for me to come out. And so if somebody listening to this, even one person listening to this, gets more confident in their own sexuality and accepting themselves, then I think it's a success. Cool. Well, hopefully that will happen. Hopefully so. That's what we're here for. Thanks again, Wyatt. Yeah, thank you. Yep, no problem. Thank you all again for listening to Bless Our Hearts. We're putting this podcast out in observance of LGBTQIA plus History Month. We'll be putting out new episodes throughout the month of October, so if you don't want to miss one, maybe go ahead and subscribe. Yeah. If you want to learn more about the LGBTQIA plus community or you want to find resources that are local to your area, you can do so by reaching out to your local pride organization or you can find information about local resources at equalityalabama.org. This podcast is brought to you by the Safe Zone Resource Center and the Center for Instructional Technology at the University of Alabama. Safe Zone Resource Center is a LGBTQ resource center that provides educational outreach, community support programming, and crisis intervention resources for queer individuals and their allies. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so by email at safezone at ua.edu or by Facebook or Instagram at at UASafeZone. If you're a faculty member on campus and Blackboard's making you feel a little cantankerous, (laughs) uh, you can reach out to the Center for Instructional Technology. We're located in the back of Gordon Palmer in room A203. You can contact us by phone at 205-348-3532 or by email at cit at ua.edu. Thank you.